welcome to the Vintage Gardener Podcast, which is where I give you tips and tricks in gardening, particularly if you're like me and you garden in southern New Jersey, which is zone 7A. So today we are going to be doing part two of our fertilizer series. So since I call the first part Nipic, I'm going to call this part, you know, Nipic part two. And I got to be honest with you, Nobody is more surprised that we're doing a second episode on fertilizer. And quite frankly, we probably may do a third. I intended this to be a very quick topic because I was really eager to get on to a flower topic. And the first one I've chosen is roses, which I did post a episode a couple of weeks ago called What's in a Name, which is a reference to uh, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. And I'm not even ready to finish the series on roses because we still have a lot to discuss with respect to fertilizer. So last week's, or I guess the last episode on Nipic was really an introduction into fertilizer. So we really went into, you know, basically how do you read the, the fertilizer labor, label? What do the numbers mean? And that sort of thing. And if you remember at the end of the episode, which and I think that episode was like 30 minutes long, I said there was a lot of things we didn't discuss, like, you know, organic versus inorganic, which one should you be using, and that sort of thing. And so that's what we're going to do today. Now, rather than this being a talking head thing, I'm going to make this a little bit more interesting. So I'm going to do slideshow presentation. So without further ado, Nipic Part 2. Nipic Part 2, a presentation by the Vintage Gardener, New Jersey. Topics for this episode. Inorganic versus organic. Is there a difference? How many different fertilizers do I really need? Alternate means of replenishing the soil. So first topic, inorganic or organic? That is the question. Okay, that was my sad attempt at trying to make a record screeching to a stop because <laughs> I'm interrupting uh, my presentation and I'm going to be doing that periodically. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about the you know, synthetic versus organic. Let me tell you what, this is a hot button topic in the gardening community. And there is nothing, nothing that I have seen that will make gardeners go from nice, well-behaved people to like knives out. Like somebody posting, I love my miracle Grow fertilizer. It, it's absolutely insane. So here's the thing. I mean, I know you guys are going to want to know my opinion because I assume, because you're listening to this podcast, that you enjoy hearing what I think about gardening. Well, at least I hope that's why you're, <laughs> I hope that's why you're listening to it. But anyway, I use organic. Now, I did not start off using organic fertilizer. So the main reason that I switched from organic, excuse me, from synthetic to organic fertilizer is what I told you in the last podcast episode, which is that Synthetic fertilizers can leach the soil. And for me, that was a big one. You know, 
Um, at the time I started gardening, I was living in an area where my parents had a well. And so, you know, when I was realizing that that stuff can actually get into the water table, that really, I didn't realize that it could do that. So that's what made me change. And so that's why I switched. Now I do, okay, I do for limited use. I do have a liquid synthetic fertilizer. It's by Master Nursery. It's called Liquid Gold, and I absolutely love it. Um, it is a fish-based fertilizer, so it's like it's based upon fish emulsion. It's just it's more concentrated, and so it's not considered to be an organic fertilizer. But in my opinion, it's pretty it's pretty darn close. So I do use that, and. Of course, I bought that Jack's Bud and Bloom in a fit of insanity. <laughs> and I'm still trying to get rid of that one because I don't want it anymore. So here's the thing. Do I think that everybody should be using organic fertilizer? I do think that. Um, yeah, there, there are some times where you may need, for, for limited uses, you know, a synthetic fertilizer. But yes, in the main, I think people should use organic. And here's the thing. I can't convince you by beating you up on the head. Okay. Now I'm going to attempt to persuade you. And I just want you to know, I'm really good at this whole persuasion thing because I am a trial attorney. So what does that mean? That means I go into court and I have eight people that I ain't never met before a day in my life, put them in a box, and I have to convince those people that they should vote for me. And my win ratio is Très excellent, okay? So I think that I can probably convince you that you should make the switch to organic. So now that we've discussed this, let me use my persuasive powers and let's discuss the pros and cons of using synthetic or inorganic fertilizer versus organic fertilizer. So what are the pros of using inorganic fertilizer? Number one, it feeds the plant. It's inexpensive. It's made of refined materials and needs no decomposition to work. It's fast-acting, which makes it great for plant rescue. It's more readily available in stores. It's easier to mix with other applications and it eliminates the need for crop rotation. So what are the cons? Number one, there's an increased risk of burning the plant roots. Number two, rapid release of nutrients can leach deeply into the soil and water table. Number three, long-term use builds up toxic salt concentrations, which can cause chemical imbalances in the soil and eventually render it infertile. Long-term, it can lower the pH to the point that it inhibits the plant's ability to uptake certain micronutrients. Plant health is affected. Disease resistance relies on the rhizosphere microbial community. Long-term application of inorganic fertilizer is associated with decreased bacterial diversity and significant changes in the bacterial community composition. Long-term use also results in limited ecosystem functioning. 
So what are the benefits of using organic fertilizer? It feeds the soil. Organic fertilizers are plants or animal-based materials that are byproducts or end products of a naturally occurring process. The nutrients in organic fertilizers are released when the soil is warm and moist, which corresponds to when your plants need it more. They rely on soil organisms to break things down and reduce nutrient leaching. It improves the soil texture over time. It reduces the occurrence of soil diseases and improves the structure and function of the soil bacteria community. <clears throat> More benefits. It's difficult to over-fertilize and burn the plants. There's little to no risk of toxic buildup of chemicals and salts. It's renewable, biodegradable, and sustainable. It also maintains optimal soil pH. So now what are the downsides? Not all organic products are created equally. Nutrient levels are low or unknown. Using organic fertilizer is a process, not an event. The effectiveness of the fertilizer is limited by the season. DIY compost is a fairly complicated thing to make. It's not readily available, particularly for large gardens. It's more costly. Okay guys, so I know that that last two slides about pros and cons were a little bit, definitely heavy. It's definitely a lot more uh, science-y, but you know what? Gardening is for enjoyment, but there's a lot of science behind it. It just is. And so, you know, for me, in my gardening journey, when I first started out with gardening, you know, I know soil was important, but I did not understand what the soil really did. And I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I'm sure a lot of new new um, gardeners probably don't understand that. I looked at it, I know, you know, your plants have to grow in soil, but for me, I was looking at the soil in terms of more texture and composition, really. And the reason I did is because, you know, my mom's plants only got, but you know, certain dimensions. And I just kind of thought that was normal. And then when I started watching Martha Stewart and she was talking about, you know, how your soil is supposed to look and feel, you know, and then my mother and I amended some beds to improve the soil structure. So it was a lot more loose. It, you know, on one hand, it did retain moisture. It could be moist, but not, you know, like clay or like, you know, it drained well. It was a little bit looser. The thing that I noticed is that I think because the soil was better, the roots really were able to grow through the ground much more easily. And so obviously if the root system gets big, it makes the plant bigger. I knew that there were nutrients in the soil and the plants did need some nutrients. But, you know, even though my mom used miracle Grow, it's not like she used it all the time. She really used it, you know, once in a blue moon. So I don't think I really, I just really didn't 
think, you know, think about it, you know, but when the person told me that it leaches your soil, you know, then I started looking into it. And so, yeah, I did see that. And I recognized that you don't want to reduce the fertility of your soil, but I still didn't realize that there was a complex ecosystem in your soil. And I think what made me start realizing that was that when I was looking for organic um, fertilizers after this conversation, um, the first one I ran into was Dr. Earth. And so it's prominently displayed on the bag that, you know, it, you know, has these microbes in it to benefit the soil, blah, blah, blah. And then I started looking into it and I was just like, huh, oh, you know, because I was like, you know, I really never thought about the process by which the plant uptakes nutrients. And it didn't occurred to me that there were little microbes down there that were like breaking things down. And, and there's other microbes that are kind of like attracted to the roots. And, and so it was just, it was just a very eye-opening experience. And then, you know, the big thing for me was that when I realized that there was a toxicity, a toxicity in the soil from long-term use of synthetic fertilizer. And I think that just, that really floored me. And quite frankly, I don't know why, because at this point I was an attorney, so I was well aware of the, of the fact, having done like complex litigation with like asbestos and everything, that people find substances, start using them, and then we all realize like, you know, 15 years later, oh, by the way, this causes cancer. So I shouldn't have been surprised, but I just, I guess because synthetic fertilizers had been around for such a long time, I couldn't understand why they've been, been used for like, you know, 50 plus years and this stuff wasn't readily, not, wasn't readily known. And so it was just kind of like, wow, like we have the synthetic stuff everywhere and nobody tells you the long-term dangers. And so the fact that it was making my soil toxic over time, or, you know, the fact that this actually, when it rains, it's actually, you know, going through the ground, it's actually getting in, you know, the, your well, could get into your well water because it's part of like, you know, it's the groundwater process or that, you know, it's running off into, you know, a creek and, you know, and affecting like the fish you're eating. And so I just realized there was a whole lot of interconnectedness that I don't, although I guess theoretically I knew it, I guess I didn't appreciate it until I started getting into that. And that's really what made me say, hey, you know what, I, even though it's, you know, more expensive, I really need to change this and start doing something that's more sustainable. Um, Because you know what, I've been gardening for a long time. I'm, I'm 41 today and my life expectancy at this point is probably going to be in the 80s. And, that, you know, the longer you go on, the more advances they come out with and that, you know, just it gets increased. But, you know, I want to be, I want my gar, I want to have my garden for a long time. And, you know, and then I look at it, it as, you know, the house that I own and the garden that I own, it's really a stewardship. And so I'm just the steward while I'm alive, you know, and when I, when I die, you know, when I slew this mortal coil, so to speak, you know, somebody else is going to get it. And I want to leave something good behind. And I don't want to leave basically soil that has been, you know, 
destroyed because I had made it toxic to the point that, like, you know, it can't recover, which I'm, it probably would take a long time to recover, but I just don't want to do that. And so that is what turned me to organic. So it was the knowledge. So I'm not going to take a poll in terms of now who's going to switch to organic because <laughs> maybe I'm not as persuasive as I actually thought. But these are the things that I found persuasive and what made me change to, uh, to organic. Now that we've done that, uh, let's talk about some different brands of fertilizer. Because listen, it's a personal choice whether or not you want to switch from inorganic to organic. And even if you're doing organic, there's sometimes you may need to use a synthetic for, um, fertilizer. So let's go over the brands of, for right now, let's go over synthetic fertilizers. So which fertilizer should I use? So let's take a minute to talk about the brands. Let's go over inorganic brands. Number one, there's miracle Grow, Bear Advanced, Job's, Master Nursery, Jack's Fertilizer, Osmocote, Vigoro, last but not least, Mill Organic. I think that's how you pronounce it. You know, I know I just went over synthetic. I know you guys are probably thinking, like, seeing how you do organic, why tell us about synthetic? I'm trying to provide a balanced presentation. So I feel like if I'm going to do something for organic, I should still give you guys information on the inorganic. Now, one of the ones that is on the inorganic list is Master Nursery. Now, uh, Master Nursery is the people who make the liquid gold. They do have organic, which we're going to go over next, but they, the master nursery side of it, at least is synthetic. Now I use the liquid gold. It is not considered to be a organic fertilizer, but it is organic based. So that is the one that I like using because it's kind of like sometimes the best of both worlds. Um, so that's why I use it. So now that we're doing that, we're going to go over organic. Um, the reason I compiled this list is because in my travels around the internet, specifically the Facebook groups, <laughs> um, I've I have definitely seen a lot of people talk about there's no organics around me. Part of that, I think, is because um, there is a certain YouTuber who has made Espoma a household name. Um, Espoma is not the only kid on the block. Uh, there are a number of other organic fertilizers that are lesser known. So I'm going to highlight those because even if you can't find the Spoma, you might be able to find the other ones. And quite frankly, some of the other ones work just as well. And there's other benefits. There's things you can do with some of the other organic fertilizers that you can't do with the Spoma. And in the next episode, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what that is. So if you're trying, if you're looking around and can't find Spoma, here are some ones that um, I've seen. Some of these I have used in my own garden. Um, a couple of them, there are some uh, master nursery centers near me, and they kind of rave about it, which is why I included the list. So if you see these, um, these, in my opinion, are, are ones that 
may are probably going to cost less. <laughs> and also, um, they're going to give you the same bang for your buck as something more um, readily recognizable like Espoma. So here we go. <laughs> so here are some brands of organic fertilizers. Job's. Make an organic fertilizer. Down to Earth. Alaska. Nature's Touch. Bonide. Fox Farm. Espoma. Dr. Earth. And Bumper Crop. <laughs> okay. So now that we've gone over all of the organic fertilizers, another question you're probably wondering is, okay, well, even if I decide that I'm going to go with, you know, something organic, you know, what am I supposed to use? What are the different types of fertilizers? So let's go over the, the common types of fertilizers that you're going to see on the shelf. So what are the types of fertilizers that you're going to find in the store? Well, first, there's the all-purpose variety. There's vegetable and tomato, starter, bud and bloom. There's one for roses, citrus, bulbs, Azaleas and or hollies, fruit and berries, tree and shrubs, and then there's usually a special category for citrus and nut trees. Okay, so that's quite a list. Um, there are some garden centers, local garden centers around me, and literally they have like every single, every single one of these for like five or six different brands and it's just kind of like oh my goodness <laughs> there's just a lot and one thing that I didn't post on there those are kind of like the um, the fertilizer blends so to speak now in addition to fertilizer blends there are also like single like single nutrient blends like for example the soil acidifier and I'm drawing a blank on is it sulfur yeah it's sulfur Okay, and so there's things like that, sulfur, uh, and then there's the um, the garden lime, which is, you know, which is lime. And so there are some single nutrient fertilizers that are out there. Like, for example, like um, iron tone is just, you know, plant iron, that sort of thing. And so I didn't really go over those because, that, like I said, we're going to talk about it in a different video, but because most of the time you're going to be using fertilizer blends. So now, the next question that I know you guys are <laughs> have is, so you're probably asking, how many fertilizers do I really need? What you really need? Just three. Number one, all-purpose fertilizer. Number two, liquid all-purpose fertilizer. And number three, a starter or bulb fertilizer. Yeah! Three, if you're starting out, or even if you're not starting out, if you have limited funds, because listen, this gardening stuff is expensive. If you have limited funds, then I would recommend 
only three fertilizers. Um, as you can see, the one fertilizer, the, the all-purpose one, quite frankly, you just need, in my opinion, you need a granular version and you need a liquid version. And then, of course, there's the starter or bulk fertilizer. And the reason I said that is because that's got higher amounts of, um, of phosphorus in it for root development. And those really are, that's really all you need. And so it, it doesn't have to be expensive. Now, like I said, in the next episode, we're going to go over some more detailed things. Are there times you may need to get an additional one? Like, for example, I have citrus trees. And so, yeah, I got the citrus fertilizer because I had citrus trees. And citrus trees, yeah, they're not native to my area. So in order for them to thrive, we've got to try to create the conditions un under which they thrive. Um, another one is um, for holly, azaleas, and that sort of thing because they require that, you know, deeply acidic soil. Now, I don't, I don't, that in my area, that's not something I have to buy, because my soil tends to be um, fairly acidic, and rhododendrons, azaleas, and that sort of thing actually do phenomenal in my soil. Um, so that one, I may get a small bag, and that's one of those things that maybe I'll put it down maybe once a year if I notice I'm having an issue, but it's not one of those things I regularly have to have to buy. Um, so yeah, so you really can do your gardening with only three different types of fertilizers. I know that not everybody financially is where I am and that's fine. So, you know, trying to buy these fertilizers can be very expensive, depending, especially if you have a larger garden. So there are alternatives that will replenish the soil with nutrients that are going to be cheaper. Now, don't get me wrong. They are going to take, they do take a little bit more doing because you have to, well, you'll see why. So let's go over the alternatives. So, if you don't want to use fertilizer, there are some alternatives. So here are your options. Number one, compost. Number two, manure. Number three, cover crop. Okay, so first we have compost. Now compost, I will be the first person to admit, it's a very, it's a complicated process. Okay. And quite frankly, I don't have it perfect. I'm doing compost in my back. And quite frankly, it's looking a hot mess. But quite frankly, I did not devote the time that I needed to do this year. And I'm going to sort of rectify it. Let's put it this way. My composting is going to take a lot longer than it needs to in order to get it to the point where I can use it. And next year is when I'm going to try to concentrate more on that. And then there's manure. Now, I don't know where you live, if you're near, if you're near farms, like me, I'm near farms, you know, I could probably call some people and say, hey, by the way, I can have some manure. But here's the thing with the manure. If you're going to use manure, it's got to be aged manure. Don't get the fresh stuff because that fresh stuff is like super high. I believe it's a nitrogen and it will burn your plants. Oh, and that's, you know, and that's the other thing. That's the same thing with compost. And once again, these are things I'm going to go over in a different podcast. But even with compost, you need to let that compost age because part of the decomposition process actually uses up a lot of nitrogen. So you don't want to be putting like hot off the fresh compost in your beds because you're going to be leaching the nitrogen out of the soil because 
the compost itself needs it to continue to break down. So don't do that. The last thing is cover crop. And so um, it's gotten, it's been getting a little bit more traction because I think for for all this time, well, I can tell you this is what I thought. You know, for me, cover crops is one of those types of things that farmers did to restore nutrients to the soil. But if you're doing above ground, above, if you're doing like a square foot gardening in a raised bed, you can actually use cover crops. Now, cover crops are cheaper than the fertilizer but obviously it takes much longer to do because you have to sow something you have to let it grow and so it does take up a lot of time that you know just running down to the store and buying a bag of fertilizer you don't have to do but once again you know cover crop I'm trying to think how much I saw it for like I know botanical interest has a bond I think you can buy it and it's it's, you know, it's under five bucks, so it's a lot cheaper. I know um, Hudson Valley Seeds also has a number of different cover crops. Like, it's breathtaking, and they actually sell it in, uh, like, bigger bags. And, um, but once again, it's, it, for all things considering, it's fairly, it's fairly inexpensive. But once again, cover crops is something that we're going to discuss in a later episode. Okay, guys, so that concludes my presentation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you found it informative. And I hope you like the, the actual slideshow. This is the first time I've actually done a video with a slideshow in it. And so I'm just kind of experimenting, but hopefully this was pretty interesting to watch rather than me just sitting here talking to you, which I think is kind of boring. So um, if you enjoyed it, please let me know in the comments. If you really didn't like it or and it just, just does not work, let me know that too, because I don't want to do something and you guys not listening to my podcast because then, you know, what's the point? So what are we going to do in the third episode? Well, first off, I just want to say I hope the next episode is the last episode on this topic. Um, like I said, I was originally thinking this was going to be a 30-minute thing, and here we are, and now we're in. <laughs> Two episodes. And so next episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my product review. Um, I have tried a number of different fertilizers over the years, and some I like better than others. Um, some things I've had to change because one of the things that has happened is my garden has gotten bigger. And so when you have a much bigger garden, obviously with fertilizer, you need larger amounts. And so there's certain things that you just have to change um, just because. And so I'm going to be going over that. So I'm going to be doing comparisons um, in terms of cost. I'm going to be doing reviews in terms of versatility. Uh, there are some types of fertilizers that can be applied in more than one way. So it gives you a lot more bang for your buck. Uh, particularly if you have a smaller yard, you may really, really like those particular fertilizers. And so... I'm going to be doing comparisons. I'm the type of person that if you know, a brand comes out with some new and improved version or they're saying, okay, well, we have these, but now we're giving, giving you this one, this one type of specific plant that you should use it on. I'm going to compare that to the other types of things. I'm going to be looking at all the percentages. I'm going to be looking at the ingredients list to see, you know, what's the secret sauce? Because if you ain't got no secret sauce, 
<laughs> and don't tell me that I need to buy this one fertilizer for strawberries when it ain't any different than the rest of the fertilizers that you sell. Like, I'm not buying it. So anyway, we'll be going over that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, like I said, I'm hoping to get the next podcast up within a couple of weeks. If you are a new listener, please subscribe. Um, there's a number of ways you can get this podcast. Number one, if you like, if you want to see me or and see the slideshow presentations, then you'll have to subscribe to my YouTube channel. If all you want is just the talking, you want something to listen to as you ride to work, or you want something to put you to sleep at night because it's <laughs> a non-habit forming cure for insomnia, um, you can find the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. So thank you guys so much for joining me on this slideshow adventure, and I hope to see you guys in the next podcast. And um, thank you for listening.